the people that brought you the Ultimate Warrior beating Hulk Hogan at WrestleMania <laughs> 6 present <laughs> WWE Studios <laughs> Leprechaun Origins. It's Shocktober, and I'm not Dan McCoy. Yeah, that was good. I'll try to be respectful. This is a guest space. We're guests here. Okay. I took my shoes off in the Japanese style um, before I really made myself comfortable, but I am going to get deep in those butt divots in the couch. I'm going to really explore the space. I use the guest towels. I, why are you guys doing jokes? This, sh- this isn't even the show. Okay. <laughs> I haven't started the show yet. Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Flop House. My name is Justin McElroy. I'm Travis McElroy. I'm Griffin McElroy. And I'm Clint McElroy. We're not usually here. Sometimes we are. I mean, we're we're always here. We're always a, a grim specter hanging out in the background. Imagine if for, for several many years, like eighteen years, you've been watching the flop house from a single camera. The camera has, finally, after all these years, pans to the right, and there's a reveal that we have been sitting on a slightly <laughs> larger couch. This entire time. <laughs> Recording our own podcast called The Slop House, which was the original name of The Adventure Zone, which is the podcast that we have switched with this week. Yeah, so if you would rather just hear Dan and Stuart and Elliot, I do not blame you. They were playing D&D. Just switch the channel on your podcast tuner <laughs> over to The Adventure Zone, which is our D&D podcast, and you can listen to them play D&D, which I honestly wish I was listening to right now. So I, you know, there's no hard feelings. So over there, we, probably, we, we are going to do our best. Like, let's, let's be clear here. I think yeah, you no, guys I, might like this episode. It's just hard for me to focus on the episode when I'm worried about what those three are doing to my intellectual property over there. Oh, yeah. Good point. They could be, yeah. kill, they could be killing all of your characters off. And then, and then where, where will we be? I just, you can't I, kill I, Magnus. I guess that's true. Um, what, what movie Wait, do we is watch? There, is their show canon? Griffin, have we established? I said that I told them to to go nuts, go wild, do what they want to do, explore explore the space. Hey, let's talk about this movie that we watched. Okay, so we watched Leprechaun Origins from WWE Studios. I I read somewhere that it's been thirteen years since the last Leprechaun yeah. movie. That this was Which, a reimagining. Well, it it's was been, hadn't been that long. It was Leprechaun back, uh, back to, to the, the hood. hood. It was 2004, right? Yeah. Uh, so it's been it's been a, a, a crisp 11 years, um, and it should have stayed dead. It should have we we shouldn't have come back. Or at least if it was not going to stay dead, it should have brought the the one that was Leprechaun back to life. Warwick Davis. Warwick I, Davis. Yeah, yeah, I was yeah. desperately disappointed. That it was not anything like the other Leprechaun movies. Well, that's the thing. The, the dude, the the president of WWE Studios, did all these interviews back in uh, 014. Because uh, he was like, "We got guys, good news. We got Hornswoggle, and he's finally gonna he's finally gonna fucking get the respect that he deserves." And then on the silver screen, we got Hornswoggle, guys. We got Hornswoggle. We booked him, folks. We did it. We did it. We booked Hornswoggle. But this, hey, this isn't your dad's Leprechaun. You remember how the the old leprechauns were a fun murder romp? Yeah, 
There was a lot of humor. There's a lot of it humor. It was. It was a weird, like, you know, very B-movie horror movie. Oh, I think you're being generous with, <laughs> with the, the B. B. Yeah, it was a J-movie. He fucking, <laughs> Warwick Davis kills somebody with well, a pogo well, stick. He jumps on a le- chest with a pogo stick and kills a man. Leprechaun Takes Japan was a J-movie. The, just because That's it was true. produced there and directed there. And then there was the K-drama series, uh, <laughs> Lepre- Leprechaun Grocer. And that was just about a grocery store, and the the two clerks loved each other very much. But also, Warwick Davis was there, and he sometimes killed people in fun ways. I well, thought. we've got a lot of plot by which I mean, very very little to get through. So let's yeah, start we're yeah. That's why I'm trying to I'm trying to pad it because we could guys we could record this. This could be a 15 minute record because we could say here's the plot of Leprechaun Origins. People walk around slowly, and then somebody gets and horrifically laugh. murdered, and, and then we laugh just, at weird things. They laugh at every revelation, they laugh at, and then we just gonna we we could just cut and paste that six times over. That's all this movie is is fucking people walking slow i know travis took notes yes i would like to hear dad's synopsis and travis you fill in as needed (laughs) okay because i think i think it's gonna be pretty general okay is that okay with you travis uh yes but if he starts to diverge too much i'm going to jump in and take over so that we don't have a three hour long episode okay dad give me the give me the plot overview of the film Leprechaun Origins, starring Hornswoggle. It starts in Ireland. Surprise, surprise. Uh, and the first thing we see is a, uh, an attractive young couple, and they're running through weeds. For some insane reason, nobody in horror movies can run through weeds mm-hmm. without or, falling down. Or, or they, they could be running through a white room. They, they could be running through a soundstage that is completely featureless. And then they would find some some sort of ridge on the atomic level to trip over. <laughs> so we and start off. My favorite moment in that as they're running through the tall grass is at one point, for no reason, the female says, stop. And they stop <laughs> running. The female? What are you, a Ferengi? <laughs> the female of the species. The female of the species. She wears clothes. Why? Why? Why do you allow this, Earthman? <laughs> so then they go running through. You've been disrespected. The most overgrown cemetery in history. Yeah. It doesn't have weeds. It has trees. Well, what are they? What are they gonna do? Can I, you can't get a fucking a lawn guy in there. He'll be he'll be devoured by the hornswoggle. <laughs> and then they steal from Jurassic Park. Yeah. They steal from the raptors in the weeds. One, I mean, one shot of, for shot. One of maybe 60 movies that Leprechaun Origins just straight up just, just lifts from, lifts. unapologetically. And, and let me say here, just a spoiler alert, this 30-second opening tells as much story as the rest of the movie put together. And yeah. it has nothing to do with the rest of the movie. The, it, it, it also starts a theme that we see continue throughout Leprechaun Origins, which is a very, very, very overused horror setup that you expect, like, just statistically will be subverted in some way, and then it is not. It is... It is- it is exactly the biggest ripoff plot-wise. It's I, I made the point to, to Rachel. It is basically like four high school students saw the first two-thirds of Cabin in the Woods and then tried to recreate it using yeah, props right. and There's costumes. There's literally a line in this movie where someone goes, it's a Cabin in the Woods. Yeah. And yeah. they might as well have just like turned towards the camera and stared at it for like and, five minutes. And here's Bradley Shitford. He's the knockoff <laughs> Bradley Whitford, and we got him in this one. So, so the two 
hot kids get dragged into the woods and chomped uh, or or whatever. That was that was when the that was when the shine came right off the old leprechaun apple for me because you saw a bloody hand with fingers that had been bitten off. It's like well, that's not really we the old leprechaun. They were bitten off because he was wearing a gold They're ring, and these fools ring, yeah. love gold. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah as yeah. we later learn poorly. Sure. Um, so then uh, we 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 encounter our four main characters. Now you never do learn the names of two no. of them: Sophie, no. Ben, Jenny, and David. One is one is Sophie, and I got and, that and, forty-five minutes in. Yeah. And there's a strong correlation between the Scooby Gang. Just without Scooby. If, if the Scooby gang fucking despised each other. Yeah. If, the, if the Scooby gang had no, like, semblance of, of care for the well-being of each other. Yeah. Not even amongst the couples. Oh, my God. They're the worst dysfunctional couples in history. Yeah. Sophie is the correlation with Velma. She's like a sexy Velma. So, a Velma. Yeah, just a Velma. You're being redundant. Oh, that's true. Uh, and then Jenny is the Daphne. She's the rebellious Daphne. Right. And then you have Ben, who is the non-roided out Fred. Ben is nobody. Ben is nothing. Ben he's is, not only ben non-roided is a shade out. of a man. I think his T levels are real low. Yeah, he's just he seems to fade. If you don't look at him directly, he becomes <laughs> translucent. <laughs> he's a non-presence. And then you have Dave, who is shaggy. Dave, yeah. who is the greatest man alive. Yeah. Dave, David, the unkillable. You know, <laughs> I love you know Dave. and you know he's cool because he chews gum and he doesn't like sleeves. Yeah, I love you know, Dave. Dave has my favorite moment in the whole movie, and it comes in the first five seconds. Oh no, yeah, like, what is it? It's they're riding in the chicken truck, and at one point Dave just goes chicken, and it <laughs> made me laugh so hard. And it was like three seconds of the movie, and it was easily my favorite moment. Well, they ride in, and all of a sudden, uh, the, the the guy who's driving the truck, they're on this walkabout, a day trip in Ireland. Which, the this, this sales pitch for this fucking walkabout is the craziest thing I've ever heard. These are, these are four, like, 20-somethings in Ireland on a trip, and this strange Irish man, oh, Sophie is really into getting her, what, her master's in history or something like well, that? Well, she's sort yeah. of into it. Yeah. So of course she can read Celtic languages, of yeah, course. Of course, and it's it's, it's established uh, when she says, I don't think I'm actually going to go get my master's for history. And Jenny says, uh, you've wanted to get your master's in history since you were two. Yeah. What, a, what a fucking... Crazy <laughs> aspiration. So they hate each other. They, yeah, they hate each other. Also, they other. hate everything they're doing. And, like, and so yeah. every, the, everything they do is like, oh, we found a tavern. <laughs> oh. And the spot, they were psyched to go on a seven-hour hike to see some cool rocks. This isn't. This is. These aren't human beings. This, Wait, nobody okay. gets as psyched to see for a seven-hour walk to see some dope-ass old Irish rocks. The one, the one girl is doesn't even have a backpack. Yeah. The backpack they don't have Ireland, any food. Got a, they don't have got any a, clothes. She's got a messenger bag. Yeah. Uncle Fester pulls the truck <laughs> yeah. over and they jump out of it. This is he won't go. He won't go any farther. No is, alarm bells there. This is where we meet Sad Son, my favorite character of the movie. Well, Sad well, Son, they, the constantly crying Irish boy. Before they even get there, <laughs> when, when they get dumped right there in the field, they look over and see this spooky Duck Dynasty looking guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And and there's this never zoom and never, never see up. him again. He's just a weird old Santa with a, a skinny. He looked like Santa when he stopped eating when he got really depressed and Rudolph the Red Nosed Reindeer. 
uh, just holding a shotgun and staring at them. And so Dad, like, well, and I, I want you guys to know, to Dad's point, I also wrote down, oh, shit, Duck Dynasty. Okay. <laughs> I, I, I think you guys maybe missed out on something. That was not a real man. That was a scare horn swoggle. And you put those out in your fields. You put those out in your fields of, oh, is it probably barley? You a put, scare swoggle. You put that oh. out in the field, fields, and your scare swoggle is going to keep the horn swoggles away. Because otherwise, some, some 20-somethings are going to get absolutely We have made it three minutes into this okay. film, and it right. sucks. So they head into, they head into town, and, and this is where we get the first inkling of the directorial majesty that is Zach Lepofsky. They walk up. They walk up to this pub, whatever it is, and all four of them do the exact same move. They take two steps forward, they turn back and face the camera, and take two steps back. It's all four of them do the exact <laughs> like synchronized. Sy- it's like choreography or synchronized swimming. <laughs> they look down, they find their marks on the floor. Right. Oh my gosh, it was horrible. Uh, so then they go into this uh, this tavern, which is full of the creepiest damn people that have ever lived. Yeah. And and let me stress here, it is literally in the middle of nowhere, yeah. and there's 50, 60 patrons in this bar at what seems to be 2 o'clock in the afternoon. Yeah, it's like banging. Like, they, they didn't spend money on anything. They got 60 extras for this one scene. This uh, tavern is which, popping off. Uh, only two of which we ever see. Again, correct. Right. Yeah. Um, but they're 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 in this pub for like twenty seconds, and they're already at each other's throats. Yeah, they hate each other's guts. Uh, the Ben, the non roided out, see through the Fred, Yeah, just the fucking worst yeah, dude. Just the worst dude. Within twenty seconds, he and he and uh, and uh, and Sophie are fighting. Uh, the two couples are pissed at each other, and within thirty seconds, a complete stranger. Talks them into heading out into the wilderness with him. Here, okay, let me break this scene down super quick. An old, old Irishman hears their conversation, turns around, is like, "Oh, you like old shit, huh?" I know one p- thing that's really old, and there she was like, "It's not in the guidebook." He's like, "It's the oldest thing. It's the cradle of the Celtic civilization." And he's like, "The she's like, well, it's not my guidebook." He's like, "Well, you won't find this in any of your books." That's in the. That's insane. Do you realize how insane that sounds? That this is like the oldest thing in Ireland, and like, you're, oh, it's not in any books. And then, it's not in any books because you have to walk seven fucking that's, that's, hours that's, to that's see it. That's the cherry. That's the cherry. He said, "Well, it's a seven-hour hike." Do you know? Like, if I heard the fr- they hear seven-hour hike and don't immediately like upturn their table and well, walk out because okay, logically, he then says, if you spend the night, set off in the morning. You could be back by tomorrow evening. That's seven hours there, seven hours back. You got about <laughs> ten seconds to enjoy the cradle of Celtic civilization before you have to head back because it's going to be midnight by the time you. We get have home. we have to go forward. They they travel to the they travel to this cabin. So they jump back and they're drinking beer and Creepy getting out of sun. Yeah, crying sun, and he's all unhappy. And the dad has a gold Rolex. Which, gosh, no way that's going to figure into the "quote unquote" plot. Can we talk about? Um, can we talk about the the uh, the way that gold is expressed in this movie? Because traditionally, leprechauns, watches, earrings, tongue rings—not their <laughs> game. Usually, it's just sort of coins. Yeah, just like mainly. Just oh, follow the, follow the rainbow to my pot of watches. What? <laughs> Look at me, tongue stud collection. 
the most probably the most insane thing about the watch is that it let me just let me just flash forward in case you haven't already pieced this together he's luring them into the woods to let the leprechaun kill them the crazy thing about that is he uses the watch as like an indicator. It's like a sock on the door in it's your like, dorm room. I thought it was like, more hey, like chum. He was yeah. chumming the water. He was chumming the water. But here's the crazy part. Before he chums the water by putting a gold watch outside the sacrifice house for these teens, he wears it on his fucking <laughs> wrist. <laughs> In, like, he drives into the heart of Leprechaun Country wearing this okay. solely so it could be established as a as something that, like, is in the plot. Right. And you can see it again. But, like, he's wearing it but that's senti- in the place he knows the Leprechaun lives. That is sentimentality. The, the They are sacrificing 20-somethings to the Leprechaun because they took gold from the Leprechaun. And instead of just giving it back, which was enough to placate Warwick Davis... Uh, they decide that, no, I love my watch too much, so I'm going to let these 20-somethings get absolutely murdered. Of course, every time you do this transaction, apparently you lose a piece of gold using it as chum. So he that, was wearing the watch as like a last memory, like, oh, watch, you've served me well over the years. That's the vig. Yeah. That yeah. extra piece of gold. <laughs> so they go up to this cabin, and, and they go past the nice cabin, mm-hmm. and they go to the crummy cabin, which looked exactly the same as the nice cabin, <laughs> except the crummy cabin has locks on the outside of the door, and these four dumbasses do not, not pick up on not that. A well, and you all. can't. You get my favorite Christ moment. You got to prevent break-ins oh, from yeah. who? From the from uh, no. You have to prevent breakouts because that's not how locks work. They go on the inside of doors. <laughs> So they go into this this cabin, which apparently, to us, only has the one door. And immediately, being young, vibrant, well, three of them, uh, people, they immediately go to bed. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, uh, where Wait, ben, please don't skip over my second favorite uh, oh. dude line. Uh, whatever Shaggy's line was, David. we got a queen size! That is the button. For a very long establishing scene, like walking around, there's a creepy fucking cabin. No, ele- no Wi-Fi, no electricity. Don't even worry about it. We got a Queensland, like full yeah, blown no like Oprah vibrato. But they have these lanterns that click on immediately. Yeah, yeah. he's and also, also got- no food. They're yeah. planning a 14 hour round trip hike the next. In day. the no Leprechauniverse, the only thing that needs to eat food for nutrients and subsistence. <laughs> Is the Hornswoggle. They they literally walk out of the bar and get into a truck and go on a 14-hour hike. The wildest thing about the stupid cabin sequence is, well, first off, I should mention, for some reason, they have a six-pack of Guinness in, like, a wooden milk crate. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, it's like a wooden... Or a shoe shine. Oh, it was me grandpappy's beer crate. Yeah, um... The the uh, so we they're in the uh, in the cabin and night falls and Jennifer is that the one that's not Jenny. Sophie Jenny um, sees a shape moving outside. Oh wait, you cab- skipped over the whole part. Both women Want try to, to come try on to, get to down. the two dudes. Yeah, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. One dude falls asleep and the other dude's like, he's got, just not interested. And Ben book. might as well have turned to her and turned and said, "I hate you." Oh yeah, yeah I hate your yeah. I hate your history loving guts. Ben is a Ben is a cuckold. I'm over talking about him. Uh, and then Jen and Dave, who haven't been able to keep their freaking hands off each other for the first twenty minutes of the movie, 
He's he's out. Yeah, he's but, but in Dave's defense, he did just drink a six pack of Guinness without eating a fucking thing. <laughs> yeah. for he days. might be dead in that scene. Yeah, he yeah. So anyway, night falls. Jenny sees the uh, a shape moving outside, and she gets spooked. Right? She yells for Dave. Dave says, and I wrote this line down verbatim because it was so awesome. He says. <laughs> That's why they call it the woods, babe. Lions and tigers and chickens and shit. What? Okay. <laughs> That's not why they there's, call it the woods. There's tigers in them. They're Irish woods. There's the, yeah, and chickens is and not that's part why of they that call thing. it the woods. Yeah. What should we call this thing? Well, it's got tigers and lions and shit in it. How about the woods? So this is this is our first leprechaun interaction. He makes his way into the house. Oh, they realize that the doors are locked from the outside. Now they get it. Thanks. Oh, yeah. And he has the line, they're going to sacrifice us to the leprechaun. No, that's, that doesn't come until later. They don't understand. Uh, no. They just yeah. see, a, they just see a, 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 a pasty white hornswoggle jump into but, the room. A wild, they, horn, a wild hornswoggle attacks. Here's the thing. They're reestablishing this when, when, the, when the leprechaun runs past the window. That's as big a reveal as we're going to get practically for, through the whole movie. For a yeah, very long time. Terrible. They never Let's, can we talk, show it. Can we talk about Hornswoggle? I don't know how familiar you guys are with the WWE Studios brand, but th- like the way that this whole fucking thing works. First of all, WWE Studios is like if, if people from WWE Studios watched like the recent sci-fi originals and said, like, What's it, what if we did that but not fun? Like, what if we did that but we took all sort of like – uh, acknowledgement of how bad this movie is going to be, and any sort of yeah, fun why is in the WWE writing Studios out of it. It's not more fun. I thought for sure, no, dude, that would be a brand associated but with fun. It, that, that it's perplexing, right? But what's more perplexing is typically how it works. Except for there was the call with Halle Berry and Abigail Breslin, neither of which are WWE superstars, unless Abigail Breslin is <laughs> I, is I don't know is Sin Cara. Hornswoggle. We don't know what's going on underneath Sin Cara's mask. Might be Abigail Breslin in there, but but. Typically how it works is like you get you get see no evil starring Kane. You get a WWE superstar and they are the pillar of the cast of the movie. Well, you get the you get the Marine. John Cena, the John Marine Cena and the Marine. Right. Yeah, and they or, made four of those. Yeah, and the, yeah. in the recent ones it's the Miz in the Marine. And this time you get Hornswoggle, who's a WWE superstar. I I'm a fairly recent WWE convert, so I missed most of most of the Hornswoggle dynasty. But I Hornswoggle, saw one pretty crazy uh like his top ten moments. Okay, he's, he's awesome. Yeah, he uh, the uh, he leaps out from under the stage and tackles a wrestler. The, I can't. I tad, can't remember the which tad, one. The tadpole splash is his signature move. That's yeah. true. It's so, awesome. He, he's fucking awesome. But then the announcers, are, every word out of their mouth is, "What is that thing? It's attacking him. What is that thing?" As it's if they've never seen a little person. It's before. a little person, right? I mean, exactly, sir. It's a little person. Right. It's not an it. He also it's had some of the best. He had some of the best WWE plot lines forever. He he for a long time he was sort of the uh, manager of a like super big Irish man, and he was like a leprechaun, and that's sort of how like the WWE works sometimes. Uh, but then there was a plot line where he was Vince McMahon's illegitimate son. Oh yeah. yeah. And then there was a plot line where he was the shadow ruler of the WWE, and nobody yeah. knew his true identity. His name is it's- Hornswoggle, and he's awesome. And in this movie. He plays a he play, he's he's fucking Voldemort. He's Voldemort with a gory he's face. Voldemort if he had acid thrown on him and then it, was it, dipped in wax. If he's he, an acid burned Voldemort, it could have been fucking anybody playing the leprechaun. You got you got Hornswoggle. Where just be it could have been Andy Circus in there. It could have been, been Hulk Hogan. It, it could have been, been Haystack okay, yeah, okay. So I, I, if you've ever played a video game and gone into a cave level 
and you and and every video game that has a cave level has this. You'll hear like skittering around, like, "Oh gosh, what is that?" The first thing that jumps out at you, and you hit it with your sword once, and it dies. That's what the leprechaun is in this movie. Like mm-hmm. you expect, like in order for them to be this to be a palpable threat, you would need like thousands of them. As they in the first the first encounter with the leprechaun, they throw a bed on him, and that's <laughs> a solid true. five minute struggle yeah, for, for this five leprechaun. Minutes, like, Not a bed. Oh, Ooh. you found me one the, weakness. And yet later it can bash in doors, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. jump through so, yeah. a wall. Yeah, well, beds are their weakness. Leprechauns are okay. afraid of sleep. Well, and so, so they all come out, and at one point... Well, uh, now, hold on. We okay. get to see our first bit of violence towards one of our four uh, main people, and right. that is the leprechaun being a real dick and pulling her her earring Jenny's out of her earring. earlobe. Right out Poor of her Poor Jenny. Yeah, she gets a rough... She rough, gets a rough uh, ride. The two... The two Horny people, <laughs> her and Shaggy, yeah. they get take all kinds of abuse. Uh, Hornswoggle reaches in, plucks her earring out of her ear, and everybody starts screaming. Exactly. Every move, every quote unquote scare this movie has is the exact same thing. It's somebody doing something. It's it's uh, Mark Kermode, a film critic in the UK, I listen to. He, he calls it quiet, 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 bang. That's the only scares that this movie has is quiet, quiet, quiet. Except, ah, except leprechaun. in Leprechaun Origins, they did like a really clever twist on it, and that is quiet, 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 quiet. <laughs> it, this movie is people walking around corners at negative two miles an hour. It's a fucking. It's the pacing in this movie is a disaster. And then there's like the pacing in this episode is a disaster. Let's see if we can move along. Okay, the fine. <laughs> the Leprechaun starts chasing him around. They this, flip a bed on him, and this camera. They throw. Yeah, and then they. And then, of course, smart, smart, uh, smart uh, Sophie. Sophie realizes that the secret passage that the monster used to come through the fireplace is a jar. So they start heading out. How would he fit in a going, jar? Oh, yeah, it's oh, wide open. On. They run out. Uh, oh, uh, David, David gets his leg. And Dave, now, please let me have this one. Yeah, the the leprechaun rips David's leg open to the bone yeah. and beyond. Basically rips the first third of his leg <laughs> yeah. off. He's got right? a he's got a le now. And and, and yet for the next twenty minutes he's running on yeah. it. Yeah, he's he well, there's no he blood. Hobbles a little bit. Yeah, this he is, doesn't yeah. go into shock. This is where we start to realize the true nature of this group of quote unquote friends. First of all, his leg wound is basically a honey ham jammed up in some jeans. Yeah. Um, so they had some they had some fun with those <laughs> those practical effects. Uh, and then they all start running, and nobody's helping David. Yeah. David is David's David's up and about, which is impressive because he's 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 like permanently just maimed. But he's doing okay, not as good as the rest of the group who just book it, and nobody help nobody helps and him at all. And there's a moment where he goes down, and it's illustrated like you watch Ben and Jen both go. Well, fuck Dave. <laughs> Keep yeah. running. And Ben, Ben looks at him, takes off, and then at least Sophie goes back to help him. Yes. Yeah. You definitely see the moment where she's like, "Well, well, he's kind of a know. shit." I do uh, hate Dave. Did. So from that point on, you know that she's the last girl. You know, she's, she's the Ripley. The, she's the, yeah. survivor, the Ripley, right? Uh, yeah. They, they. So then they get into the farmhouse. They get, I love how they get into the farmhouse. The big saving grace is they run against the door so many times the spare key falls out of the jail. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and then they proceed to do the worst search for a phone I've ever seen. Yeah. This they is flip the on most... the lights and they say, "We need to like let's look for a phone." Then they just 
mill in a circle for a second. It is the most insane. Like, you know how in movies you have the in horror movies with like this, you have like the one person who sort of knows what's going on that has to explain the plot. Leprechaun Origins didn't have time nor the budget for that sort of thing. So here's what here's the literal sequence of events. Remember from uh, here's what they know, right? They've been attacked by a weird monster. Clearly Hornswoggle. Were, I, 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 could, I could identify him by sight. Yeah. Uh, they've been attacked by a weird monster. They have escaped to a second house. That is all they know. From that point, they go to look for uh, a, a phone somewhere in this house. And in the search for the phone, they find – I'm not – I swear to God I'm not making this up. They find a book that has a picture of the rock they saw earlier and the symbols on the rock – translate to leprechaun and from that there's also there's a map that shows the stones that they drove by earlier and not the history buff but jenny says that looks like some sort of ancient warding barrier like (laughs) whoa jenny from downtown and the and the book is open to the right page to the page well here's what we didn't know sophie is a history major but jen is deep into the dark arts (laughs) yeah exactly and from that she just graduated from hogwarts from those two pieces of uh, uh, information, they extrapolate that they are being hunted by a leprechaun that they were supposed to be sacrificed to. And if they can get outside of the stone barrier, then they'll be safe. That is an insane journey ah. to take mentally. That I, is a crazy, crazy path for them to walk. I have an explanation, though. Okay. Everybody in this cast, everybody in this cast, all the way down... Has been on the show Supernatural. Oh, so they have... Every one of them, and this is not a joke, every single one of them have played a character on Supernatural. Oh, really? So obviously, this is... this, is, And either that or the casting director is the same casting director that worked for Supernatural. Yeah, I know some, I know four, four pretty-looking people. But it goes, like, all the way to, like, Impaled Ian and Hamish. Yeah, dad, sure. And, Every one of them have been on Supernatural, so, so, so maybe th- that explains it. Throughout, throughout this sequence where they're learning about the Leprechaun's origins, you get a little bit more backstory on Dad and Crying Son. Crying Son doesn't want to kill 20-somethings anymore. Mm-mm. Crying no, Son's not position. four of them. Not yeah, yeah. four of them. Not four. He has a real issue with the yeah. number four. If it was one or two, he'd probably be okay with it. And I, I, say, I call him Crying Son because he literally cries in every scene. <laughs> he's, he's sad for the whole movie. He's sad he, a lot. Sad Donald Logue is really sad. He, yeah, he really does look like Donald Logue. Here's the, here's the um, in, in one of the wilder sort of crazy plot points, um, the the guys who sacrifice the teens come back with another guy uh, in the middle of the night after they kind of guess that he's probably done murdering them. And goes, <laughs> He looks they at go, his watch and goes, that should be enough time. That should be enough time. No, he doesn't He do- doesn't have his watch anymore because he used it as <laughs> yeah, time. No, I mean, yeah, the other Ian, guys, I Ian checks his watch. That should be enough time. That's my favorite line in the movie, by the way, is uh, how long have we been out here? I seem to have misplaced my watch. That's pretty good. <laughs> it's the closest they get to an actual... Anyway, they show back up, like, cutting it, my friend's quite close <laughs> to when you think here's the thing they're back there to clean up the abandoned cabin that they can lock from the outside and we know because they walk up to the cabin with mops and, and cleaning yeah. supplies so, hey hey dogs 
That locks that shit locks from the outside. It could probably wait. Your fucking Mary Maid's bullshit could probably wait until the morning, my dudes, when the definite leprechaun will not be there. Their logic is so completely flawed because the panic when they reach the cabin and find not them dead is it hasn't eaten. But then we see over the next hour the leprechaun, the hornswoggle, consume four people and still want to kill. Yeah, so, and, fir- and P.S., the first person he kills is the guy that they brought with him named Ian. The f- he's the first person he kills, and he, and he leaves him untouched, just murdered and not eaten, apparently because he likes to fuck with people's heads. Yeah, he's a, yeah well, the hornswoggle's and- a genuine bastard. But we've we've been informed that it's gold that drives them. Yeah, and or the, maybe eating people. Yeah, like, it's it's not or established, or maybe just sort of tearing okay. tearing the Good flesh. Point. So the Americans point, escape. The I Americans, also want to point. Wait, I want to point out something. When they're in the basement and they find the book and they find the map, they they're all. This is where they blew all of their props budget. There's glasses. There's passports. There are cell phones, yeah, mm-hmm. and they never even look at the Let's cell find phones. phones. Well, here's a pile of sixty phones. No, not those. <laughs> no, hey, I found no, a lot of those sixty phones. phones. Are you are you kidding me? Data roaming in Ireland? No way. Um, and and some of the worst editing ever. And this is the first indication we get. This movie was not sponsored by the <laughs> by the Irish shotgun camera. or anybody because they could have been. Like, here's sixty amazing T-Mobile cell phones. <laughs> okay, let's move forward. We need to start getting into some deaths. Okay. Um, well, but can I? I want to hit on one last thing. In, yeah, please. In, very short. In this moment, so crying Donald Logue comes downstairs hunting for them in the basement, and he points his flashlight and then moves it six inches to the left and is surprised to see them. Yeah. Like yeah. he's looking over here and he's just like, oh, there you That's are. Great. They're there. And then two of them are holding shotguns on them. And there's a standoff because, well, the other four have a P- pipe. A pipe. Oh, a pick. A broom. Absolutely, Father, you've touched on a, another key point. No one in this movie, specifically his 14s, have ze- zero respect or fear of guns. Yeah. No, they're, they're useless. There's two moments where the first one is <laughs> the she stands off. With a guy pointing a shotgun directly at her with an axe. Like, well, it's a Mexican standoff, I guess. Yep. It is not. No. It is not that they man has a shotgun. You are your work here is done. The next, like five minutes later, they get caught by uh they get caught let's just skip ahead of this. Yeah, okay? please. They get please. caught back up by the the guys who are gonna sacrifice them. And at this moment, they <laughs> have two shotguns pointed at them, and David hands uh, the dipshit boyfriend covertly hands him a pipe yeah. as though now the worm has turned. Like a plumbing pipe, yeah. not a puff puff yeah, pipe. Yeah, like a pipe like, here you go. If I would have been the, the boring guy, I would have handed that right back to my friend. <laughs> and I would have handed, handed it to the shotgun people. <laughs> yeah. Here you go. My boy was trying to get me to hit you, but I respect your power. Yeah. Well, yeah. we've had our first death. Ian has been impaled on Yeah, Ian something. got caught. They get all tied mm-hmm. up to some trees. And they're tied up to four trees with bling all over them right. when they come to. They've had gold bling put all over them. Um, and so the leprechaun comes up. The same creature that chased them all through a cabin walks up to them tied to trees and can't close the deal. Just can't. Nope. Just sort of stands it out. And hates Jenny 
so just much. Just really, I can't stress this enough. The horn swap. There are people wearing huge gold necklaces, and there's like gold all over these people. And he's like, no, what I want. Is that tongue stuff? Well, you know what? Which we have never seen before. Yeah, it was not established. No, I think um, then, I think that was less his 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 taste for gold, um, and more he, when he reached into her mouth and then split her tongue in twain oh, by yeah. pulling out the <laughs> tongue stud. I think that was him, like in his in his hornswoggle head. He was saying like, "Oh, sweetie, oh, oh, sweetie, it's not 2007 anymore. We don't. Nobody's doing this. <laughs> this let me let me just get this out of here for you." Uh, so he bifurcates her tongue yeah. and then doesn't eat her, no. doesn't kill her, but moves over to Shaggy. And the thing that w- amazed me about this scene is all four of them are screaming mm-hmm. insanely. Yeah. And that yeah. seems to be holding him off. Yeah. Like he's not. Could you keep it that. down? It's worth explaining super quick because I think it's been established at this point. What happened is the people in this village. Uh, mined a cave that they found for gold, and by which they mean they stole the leprechaun's gold. So their deal was, rather than just returning the gold, because they apparently are not going to do that, <laughs> they have agreed to like put sacrificial teens into a house to feed him. That's a crazy plot, but the crazier thing is, exactly... How was this treaty reached? Yeah. I would like to see that fucking my, that fucking my client, the parliament. Yeah, right. <laughs> that what that meeting of the minds looked like. He lays open Shaggy. Oh, Shaggy, uh-huh. good lord, rips his gut open, which fortunately for Shaggy also severs his bonds to the to the tree. But at this at this point, Shaggy has half a functioning leg. He has been disemboweled. And he just gets right up, boy. He just he's stands just, right up. I, I tell you, he's the greatest living human. He's unkillable. Because he uses, yeah. he uses his newfound lack of fear of death to run over and find a machete and somewhere. Cut, and free somewhere. the other three. And free the and, other ones. And free them. And then, as an American hero, he dies on Irish soil, fighting this, for our freedom by... This, I guess this, this I guess the scene. hornswoggle just like what does the hornswoggle do? His death is one of the uh, non-explicit deaths in the movie. Yeah, um, he could he could have been tickled and, to and death. Trust me, this movie cannot afford to lose them. They <laughs> yeah. did not have like cool deaths to spare. So so they get off. The other three take off running. Um, uh, Jen's going blah, 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 because her you know her tongue. Yeah, and Sophie out of nowhere, turns into Buffy, yeah. the yeah. vampire slayer. For 30 <laughs> seconds. A completely not, incompetent Buffy the vampire slayer. We're not going to run away. We're going to kill it. It's fucking insane. Yeah. And so they, the, the, the two of them, they run, and, and Jenny's so freaked out, they tell her to hide under the cabin. Yeah, she doesn't yeah, want to You'll be, be the only one outside. Yeah, she'll be the only one outside. This is, seriously... Don't watch this fucking movie for reasons that we'll we'll cover in our in our final scores. Uh, but <laughs> do watch the 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 five minutes that begins with her saying we're gonna kill it, and the five minutes that follows that are the only good five minutes in the movie. They first really off, you have this insane plot line where Jenny is so scared to be in the house where they're gonna kill the leprechaun. She's gonna sit outside. Like, well, it's because she loves she loves the leprechaun at that point. By that by that so point, much. she she was not a big fan of David. Oh my god, Jenny and Hornswoggle. This whole thing, they were in cahoots. To get David killed because they wanted and she to run off. Gotten to away with it too if it wasn't for Sophie. <laughs> if it wasn't ben. for Sophie and Ben, who holy <laughs> shit, you guys. So, okay, so, so, okay, so the plan is boy. they're going to lure the Hornswoggle back into the fireplace, right? And then Jenny's going to come up and lock it behind him. But she, 
apparently can't wait 30 more seconds for some kind of signal or something. something. Or the horn swoggle. It's also never clear in this movie whether the horn swoggle is just like a mad monster or like a criminal genius. But mm-hmm. in this moment, it all becomes clear. Because they're positioned with their axe and their pipe, I guess, just on the inside of the cabin, on the other side of the secret entrance from the fireplace. And then Sophie, our brand new branded hero, the one that's now Buffy, they're waiting and waiting. And so sure enough, a head pops out from under the uh, fireplace and they bury an axe in it. And it's and Jenny. It's Jenny. <laughs> yeah. it's so I, and and, and awesome. I realized not, it before it happened. It's not shown exactly how the Hornswoggle manages this. It's not shown exactly how the Hornswoggle so perfect. It, it's almost like she was on, like, rollers. Like, like she was on cash. Like she'd been working underneath a car. You do, <laughs> see, you do have an amazing shot after they do this of her with the axe buried in her head, and it's sort of in the background as the two yeah. surviving leads are still, like, parsing this situation. You see Jenny with the axe just, like smoothly scoop back into the fireplace. <laughs> like, Hornsall is like, ah, yep, your work here's an excellent job. <laughs> they bought it. Come they with me, it. darling. But but Sophie, who was a soup, was a complete wimp, was in a superhero for about two minutes. Yeah, yeah. And then she's like, I'm sorry, I've been an idiot. Then she's shattered again. <laughs> she's shattered again. Okay, I do have, I do have to say, so they escape and they get to a car, okay? <laughs> that I don't think it has keys. Because uh, uh, things start to get patchy this way. They get to a car. The first thing out of Sophie's mouth after she and her dipshit boyfriend bury an axe in their dear friend's head. The f- Like literally 30 seconds of movie time later, the first thing out of Sophie's mouth is, why did you leave me when we were running away from the leprechaun earlier? Well, yeah, then she decides to yeah, work on the commitment like, issue. Hey, we just snuffed out a human existence. That's not like, <laughs> why do the... I feel so alive? Yeah. <laughs> exactly. That's not on the conversational table. They really bounce back quickly. Yeah. They get in They get in this truck, and they have this little confrontation where at least Ben, the only character we see out of Ben is, shut up, what? I, I came back. And then she makes, when they can't find the keys, she makes this gigantic leap of logic that the keys have to be on impaled Ian, 30, 30 feet away in a shed, a character that they didn't know was impaled. They didn't they know, know was did not I know mean, his relationship to the truck. They did how, not know this is Ian's truck. He'll have the keys. And she just says, that's keys Ian Jenkins over there. He's a teacher at the local school. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so they come up with this uh, plan question mark where they were just going to get out of the car at the same time and just run and just like I guess flip the coin to see who the leprechaun's going to eviscerate uh spoiler alert it's Ben uh, <laughs> Wait, did but we they, get the they had a Wait. huge flaw in their plan which was Ben was supposed to distract the leprechaun except the leprechaun can't see Ben because he barely exists yeah. right. so and he's the a really bad distraction the leprechaun who can bash in the metal roof of the of the truck but can't break the windshield oh my god uh, yeah. there's so many sh- there 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 are like six or seven shots. There are six or seven sequences where the Hornswoggle is trying to punch in the windshield. It's a very, very specific activity for the Hornswoggle to continue to attempt to do and mysteriously just fail every single time. Hornswoggles uh, are allergic to beds and windshields. We uh, missed, by the way, uh, cr- Crying Son oh. and uh, Mean Dad 
had a run-in of sorts where he helped them escape by pulling a gun on his dad. And then his dad sort of like... Oh, no, this comes later. No, that's later. Yeah. Go ahead and break it down now that we've dipped into it. Don't we have the... In the attic scene... Here? Well, we can't skip Ben. Yeah. yeah. So, okay. Oh, yeah. No, right, let's, so, we should we should fucking skip Ben. We no, should well, skip how Ben gets. I, let me snuck. let me run through it real quick. Okay. So Sophie does a shitty job of finding the keys. They do not return to the truck because they're surprised to see the horn swoggles there. So they run for the cabin. They get in the cabin. They run through the farmhouse. At one point, the horn swoggles just runs in, looks at them, and they're like, "Uh, yeah." And they get inside. And so, <laughs> like, they go running. And they fail to realize how doors work, so they lock one door, leaving one wide open. <laughs> Hornswoggle grabs Ben, and he looks at Sophie and goes, run or go or whatever. Hornswoggle drags Ben back into another room, rips his spine out. Thereby fulfilling the prophecy that he was spineless. <laughs> yeah, he was now literally. You could see the director and the writer being very smug about that And he's that got moment. the biggest ass spine. Oh, my God. Huge it's like a leg. Yeah. Sydney pointed out to me that... Uh, if you have like a uh, a spine like that you you're using to like display, if you have like a model one, that it has this metal thing on the end where you use to hang it up. And she, in the one scene when they show Ben's oh spine God, pulled out, no. she pointed there and she said, "You see that metal thing at the end of his spine?" I was like, "Yeah." And she said, "Yeah, that's the hook they use to put those on display. <laughs> they probably could have." <laughs> well, that might answer my question. Maybe the hook was gold. Because why did he pull Ben's spine? Why out? did he do it? Yeah. Why does why? he? Why is the horn swoggle do anything? By gold. Yeah. Uh, so. May, okay, so we we should touch on the horn swoggle's number one supernatural ability. He has predator vision, right? He's yeah. got predator uh-huh. vision, but as far as I can tell, it's it, everything is gold. So he's seeing gold, but he also sees all human outlines as gold. Is it and handprints and handprints and handprints hand is gold? Are we? Is everyone in Ireland just injected with gold? Do they have gold in their blood? Like as soon as you step on Irish soil, you are part gold, and that's how you we get are tracked. At, we're at forty-eight minutes. Fi- finish. Okay, well that's place. easy because then they go into the attic and nothing happens for ten fucking well, minutes. It happens, but once again we see the ineptitude of the shotgun. Because uh, Crying Boy fires off about eight shots yeah, in yeah, a ten by sport. ten room he's, and can't hit the leprechaun. He's using the auto shotgun power weapon from GoldenEye 007 with the infinite ammo cheat on. Uh, somehow misses the, the leprechaun. Nothing happens in the attic. Then Dad goes falling down the stairs. Dad, he, the dad finds them, and then uh, Crying Son turns his his gun on his dad and does the most acting. I imagine the other actors in the movie were really pissed off at Redhead Donald Logue at this point in the film. Because he acted a hundred times harder than anybody else in the movie, and, and I imagine he used people, up all the acting. He used up all the acting. All the acting. I, I bet they talked to him. He is the only person in the movie who is acting. And they talked to him after the after the shoot, and were like, "Hey, man, um, we're all just trying to like get by. We're all just trying to like do a job <laughs> here." Acting. Hey, yeah. did you know that this is a WWE Studios production? And like, yeah, I have a douche commercial later on this afternoon, <laughs> and I really need to like fucking save. My okay, so for it. so Hornswoggle looks right at him, and then turns and goes and kills dad yeah because kills, he hates his dad hates his and dad so while he's eating hamish he's uh, the hornswoggle was also outside attacking the truck yeah like yeah. simultaneously it, it happens within two seconds of each other in movie time so she gets to the truck right with the keys starts the truck what the leprechaun's on the back of the truck no she's way dead. still having yes. trouble without a windshield though still cannot real, penetrate w- having some real windshield trouble she's driving she buckles her seatbelt and it's then a psa to, for seatbelts yeah she yeah. seems to slam on the brakes or hit a ditch or something, Hornswoggle goes flying. 
Well, that would have so, cost too much special effects, Travi. She hits the invisible barrier that she keeps tripping over, over and over and over and over and over and over. And over. So uh, she so, starts running. She runs so hard it becomes daytime. She's running. <laughs> she through. runs. She runs so hard she rotates the earth to the point of mm-hmm. day. And, and she Lois. she gets to the cemetery from the opening. What connection? She finds the bag full of gold. She that trips the first over couple a, seems to drop. She trips over a bag of gold. That I honestly, guys, if you know the plot, like remember the plot that I told you that is the reason why they're doing all this shit. The idea that someone would have a bag of gold doubloons is, like, not even part of the thing in the thing. Like, it makes no sense yeah. in the context of the plot. <laughs> like, it wasn't like a key to the mystery this whole time. There are crazy gold coins in this person's bag for no reason because it was a mining town. Like, they just mined the gold out of the thing. There's no well, – they were insanity. they were returning those to a museum. Yeah, these belong on every and, and thank God nobody looked where all the grave markers were. Yeah, so, uh, but anyway, so she trips over it. All of a sudden, there's Hornswoggle up in her face. She throws the gold doubloons up in the air, grabs a conveniently placed machete, and kills Hornswoggle. Wait, you can't now wait. After she this whole says, movie was written around this single line, they came up with this line, and they're like. Fuck yeah. We don't need to write anything else, guys. This one's going to... This is this is it. Griffin, this is the line we're going to hang the rest of the movie on. Griffin, I don't mean to take away from you, but that line is actually stolen from the earlier Leprechaun From the movies. first Leprechaun movie. And the line is, fuck you, Lucky Charms. If it was delivered like that, maybe. Fuck you, Lucky Charms. No, it was... Fuck you, Lucky Charms. Like it was, the, it was the worst. Lu- fuck you, Lucky Charm. Like it was the worst. It was the worst. And then, aside from mattresses and windshields, apparently the Hornswoggle's only weakness is a machete to the neck. Like all I could think is, has nobody just tried killing it? Why hasn't point? anybody tried to kill him in all these years? They, these guys have a foolproof plan for luring this piece of shit into a house. They have a plan for that. They have shotguns. Yeah, they have shotguns. They have a plan for luring in their house. They, they can lock it from the outside. There's no other exit. There is. It is insane to me that they have not burned this fucker to the ground. Instead, yet. Like, they've just, killed what seems to be hundreds of twenty somethings. Yeah, yeah, so many twenty somethings. So, so anyway, she, she runs. She runs past the barrier stones. Then it pans out, and then you see a bunch of shapes moving in the wheat, as if to say, "There's a whole family of hornswoggles. Well, a murder. Noise. A murder yeah. of hornswoggles." And here I don't is, think you see the shapes. I was looking. You hear the noise, and it's definitely I, implied. Here, I didn't see any shapes moving. I saw the, a few trails in the grass. Yeah. Here is, we've been recapping this movie for 50 minutes, okay? The movie itself takes approximately 28 minutes longer. Well, we did, a bad, we did a bad we, job then. But no, here's the thing. It's a 78-minute movie. I thought it was 90. No, no, my friend. You think it's 90 because they made this credits? It's a 78-minute movie, and then there's 13 minutes of credits. <laughs> of cre- 13 minutes of credits. <laughs> because cut. between every card of credits, there's like a five-second shot of just like the <laughs> set. Prop, the props table. Yeah. In the basement. Like you, heard, you remember how we were saying it's so slow and it's all boring? They were just trying to get to 78 minutes because they were like, listen, I can stretch the credits out for 13 minutes there, max. I timed and, it. And, there are and, 13 minutes, and they will throw up three cast members or crew members, and then this loving, lingering, moving shot over weapons or something that was in tree, that basement. A toilet. Yeah. Okay. And I want to stress that the whole time I was watching this movie, it felt like 
the prologue to another movie. And I guess it is because yeah, it's, it's the origins. origins. But this felt like what should have been that one minute long scene at the beginning of the movie before the interesting characters but with also, dynamic personality show. Also, up. the origins thing is insane. Right. Because it's not. The next movie is like, and then he became fucking super cool and rad. Right. And dressed in sweet shit and said dope His great great grandson who immigrated to America and was it's, super cool. It is, it is the most generic, like, to, to take this franchise, which is like one of the one of the best like comedy horror movies fucking leprechaun 4 in space is the is the craziest movie in the in the beginning of that movie somebody kills the leprechaun but he becomes a ghost and then somebody pees on his corpse and he travels up the pee stream and infects somebody's dick that's that's <laughs> i've never watched a leprechaun movie and instantly as soon as i was done i went and watched the trailers for cuz that's sort of like they'd been on at parties or whatever but i never sat down and watched one and i had more fun watching one trailer for one actual Leprechaun movie than I did in this entire time. Uh, okay, so let's rate the movie. The categories are totally scarifying, totally snorifying, or frighteningly funny. It's snorifying. Well, spookily good bad. That, <laughs> spookily good one? bad. Okay. That's that's one of the most common ones. Totally scarifying. Totally scarifying. I'm going to get... Okay, I'm going to give this movie... Is one warmy boner good or bad? <laughs> I think it's bad. It's the worst, right? It's totally snorifying. It okay, it's a it's a terrible It's movie. fucking terrible. It's not it's it's it is a joyless like a, a, anything that can be good in a horror movie because there are lots of ways that a horror movie can be good. That just just isn't literally none of that is present. The here. only thing quality about it is the opening aerial sequence where they go zoom. It looks like one of those PBS specials okay. where they fly over Ireland. Yeah, that's yeah. gorgeous. We actually do need to give ratings now. So my rating is, I'm gonna give. I guess it's totally snorifying. Yeah. I guess totally I think one army boner is good bad. Okay, so I'm gonna say totally snorifying. It's literally it's. It's. I don't it's watch a, a lot of bad movie. movies because I'm like careful, I guess, and I read reviews before. So I don't know if a lot of bad, bo- bad movies like this. It is nothing. There's not. There's nothing. There's that one five minute sequence that I mentioned that's worth watching. The rest of it is just. It's nothing. really. It's really. It bad. Is there are no reveals. There you can, are no twists. Wait, Dad. What's your rating? <sighs> totally scarifying. Totally snorifying. Or one warmy boner. If it's not totally to- snorifying, yeah, Let me add one last thing. Okay. The people who wrote this movie, the people involved in this movie, should be burned at the stake. Oh my god! Okay. And then have their ashes pissed on. Okay. Okay. Wow. But then they can travel up the piss to infect oh, the yeah, dick. Oh, that's right. <laughs> uh, it's, I, it's totally snorifying. It's nothing. It's bad. It's so. It's it's nothing. It's not even bad. Except for the five minutes of whoopsie daisy murder. That's fun. That's pretty okay. That's pretty fun. It's, but it's the rest of it is. You can tell what the intention was like almost the entire time and the intention was let's rip off like there's a there's the look under the door and see something moving thing from signs like the the intention is so obvious but they fucking drop the ball like in order for a, a movie to be truly bad and enjoyable i feel like it has to be completely inscrutable what they were going for but it's just sort of like well, a, it also a, needs to be sincere and nothing about this movie felt sincere that's no, 78 minute running time tells you everything you need to know let's just get to the end guys let's just get something it's time for letters time for letters Going to letters. What's the what? He sings a song every time, right? Yeah, just it's make up a song. Every time. It's, it's not letters. It's not. Oh, fun. we got letters. We get your letters every day. Mailbag, mailbag here today. Reach right in and pull one out. <laughs> It's letters what was that today. No, what was that? That's no, an old jingle. Sing, that, sing fucking rule. I need That's you to sing to me an answer for what that squish sound was in the middle. That was I was trying to rip open an envelope. <laughs> sing uh, it to me. Reach right in and pull one out. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Uh, Justin, read a letter. <laughs> Smooth as butter. Uh, so, so dancing. 
Wow. What was that? <laughs> Sorry, that's the Flophouse house cat. I would have been disappointed if he if we went the whole episode and he didn't stop by. We told him that we were recording and it's, um, it's more accurate to. I can get I can get my cat and just sort of squeeze him into the microphone and see what sounds no, come out. That's unnecessary. Letters. Uh, all right, let's rip them. And these are specifically all of these are addressed to the actual host of this show, so this should be interesting. To my three dear Floppatrons, on your last episode where much of the discussion was bafflingly focused on civet, 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 coffee, uh, and during what appeared to be one of your typically pointless diversions, so the truths of the universe were revealed. I've always wondered why George Clooney, when searching for the motivation for his well-groomed man enjoying hot beverage in the Nespresso advertisement, chose the expression acting classes classify as turbo smirk, turbo smirk bordering on douchebag. What is so inherently amusing about hot but not boiling water being forced through roasted beans to create an intense flavor experience? It's also clear to me now. On the cutting room floor must be scene after scene of Clooney expectorating coffee from a small squirrel's anus by vigorously jumping on his tail up and down. So the look Clooney deploys is clearly, I've just been forcing an espresso out of a squirrel's ass, and it's fucking hilarious. Thank you so much for solving a mystery as old as time itself. Lisa, last name withheld, from Bristol, United Kingdom. What? What does any of that mean? I don't know what any of that means. I mean, typically our MO is to answer questions. So there was no question in there. That was just sort of a celebration. Yeah. And uh, you knew we were going to be here, and you still wrote that in a scribble email. I just feel like you're not taking advantage of the of the, the personalities that you have here in front of you. Just because you wanted to take advantage of saying squirrel's anus. Yeah, let's drop what? this. Let's drop this one. This one's okay. going to be a club banger. Dropped it like it's hot. I have a qu- oh, thanks, Dad. I have a question. A few months ago, I was at the opening night of Fast and the Furious 7. I've seen every F and F movie in the theaters, by the way, because I'm winning at life. The typical opening night audience consists of mostly teenage boys laughing and clapping and shouting at the screen, as I believe the movies were intended to be seen. As you know, before the seventh movie is finished filming, Paul Walker died. At the end of the movie, spoiler alert, his character is still alive, but they've basically retired him, and Vin Diesel narrates a very heartfelt and gravelly voice send-off to the character, by extension the actor. It's actually quite touching. When the credits rolled, I noticed that every boy there who had been hooting and hollering throughout the movie was... uh, uh, getting up and leaving very quickly and manfully wiping their eyes. I've never seen so many teenagers simultaneously trying to hide their tears, and it was awesome. My question is, have any of you experienced a similarly memorable audience moment at a movie? It can be funny, sad, disgusting, or all three. And did your audience affect your enjoyment of the movie? Keep on flopping. Mary, last name withheld. I uh, definitely... I have one. It's my one of my favorite movie theater stories to tell. We went to see the Johnny Depp remake of, uh, of Willy Wonka, and it is not a good movie, so we were not very interested. But when when Johnny Depp offers the uh, the candy you know factory to uh, to Charlie Bucket, a little kid about five rows in front of us jumped to his feet, pointed at the screen uh, screen, and yelled, "I knew it!" <laughs> it was That's one good. of my favorite moments spe- I've ever seen. Specifically, Fast and Furious Seven, I cried a lot. Um, I cried. I, I don't have any tears left in me still to this day because of how much I cried at the end of that movie. And I was so I was weirdly excited in that moment where Vin Diesel was giving that monologue and everybody's like saying goodbye to Paul to CGI Paul Walker. And I was just crying so hard because I had this thought I was there seeing it with friends. And I had this thought of like, oh, boy, when the lights come up, me and my friends are all going to look at each other crying in this vulnerable place. And we're going to be so much closer as friends. And the lights came up dry. Perfectly dry, oh. stone-faced, heartless monsters. I uh, I cried. I think they channeled all their tears into me because I so so fiercely. You were their conduit. You you carried that crossbone. Uh, not in a movie theater, but uh, I was uh, dating a girl, uh, and I watched a film with her family. It was a beloved '80s sitcom classic. And at the end of the film, the credits began to roll, and I noticed that her mother had tears in her eyes. 
And she said, completely stone-faced to me, I just feel like everybody should have an Uncle Buck. (laughs) (laughs) Fucking the best. Oh, my God. That's very good. I, I got one on Justin. It's not that funny. We went and saw... Well, crank it up, my man. We went and saw Iron Giant. Oh, my God. We went and saw Iron Giant, and it got to the end of the movie, and he just, Superman. Spoiler. And Justin and I are, are, I mean, really, the the waterworks are flowing, the lights come up, and Justin's, your mom turns to us and went, it didn't affect her at all. It's a cartoon robot. Sure, how do you not feel that? Okay, uh, we need to start start wrapping up. Do you guys have any movie recommendations? Because the only movie I've watched in the last, like, month was Speed. And I'll go ahead and recommend it, because that movie fucking rules. Um... We're, we're doing a Keanu film series with my friends here in Austin. We did Point Break and then Speed. And I think Speed is the superior film out of the two, which may be heresy to say. Uh, but it's good. It's got Keanu Reeves in it. It's got Sandra Bullock. They have to drive a bus real fast. I watched an uh, excellent documentary called uh, An Honest Liar about James Randi. Uh, it has oh, a yeah. really in- insane arc. Like, there's an actual it's, – it starts out more of, like, a career retrospective. And then in the last third, it has, like, not just an arc, but, like, an arc that – both sort of challenges and highlights the themes of like truth and right. the importance of truth telling that, that James Randi has been highlighting for the entire he, film. If you don't know who he is, he's a magician who's also a professional sort of uh, debunker, um, like almost like yeah. Houdini. But then something happens at the end of the movie that is like you you could not write it. I actually had some ethical concerns with that movie because there's explicitly a scene where he says you cannot include this in the documentary. You cannot include this in the documentary, and they included it in the documentary. Now they do say in the credits so that he gave permission to use all the footage. So, what about you, Trav? Um, I have come to the realization recently that there may be people in the world who have not watched Blazing Saddles, which is my favorite movie in the world, and I just watched it like on Tuesday. So if you haven't watched Blazing Saddles, it is, as far as I'm concerned, the greatest comedy movie ever made. So you should go watch it. Well, I got one. We were flying back from L.A., and Justin watched The Taking of Pelham 123, the original version with Robert Shaw and Walter Matthau. And it blew him away. I watched it. Sitting next to him, he had the little <laughs> screen in the in the seat in front of him. I couldn't hear the dialogue, and I watched it and remembered how fantastic a movie the, it is. The ironic thing about that is, I watched that because Elliot Kalen said that it was the the one movie. If he could only watch one movie, that's the movie that he would watch. So that's why I watched it. That movie. So it's a full circle of life. Um, let's do some. Let's let's get out of here. Let's do some uh, quick promos. Uh, I'm going to be doing uh, the next one in my uh, screening series at the 92 White Rebecca. <laughs> I'm showing um, Two for the Bronx. It's a Frank Capra classic. Uh, I'm going to be joined by Al Madrigal for that. And uh, I hope you all can come out. Me and Tim League are kicking off a new film series uh, here uh, at, the, at, the, uh, at the Alamo Drafthouse. The Ritz, of course, on 6. Uh, we're going to be screaming, streaming and screaming. It's a new series we're calling Streaming and Screaming. And we're going to be uh, showing some, uh, some uh, old... 88 millimeter reels of uh, just uh, uh, silent movies, but we dubbed sound into them. So you're really going to enjoy this. And I just won an Emmy for my writing on the day. Okay, show. good. Okay, good. And 
I have a uh, a cheese sandwich with horseradish that's screaming oh my, my name. Oh, my God. Um, everybody, if you uh, enjoyed this, which you probably didn't because we're different from the other people, and you miss the other people, you should go listen to the Adventure Zone, our Dungeons & Dragons podcast that we're usually on that they are currently hosting. Also, so go check out the Adventure Zone. If you did enjoy us, we have another podcast called My Brother, My Brother Made. It's an advice show that we do without our dad, uh, so it gets blue. Um, <laughs> And uh, you can listen to that as well. Um, I just want to say quickly before we, we wrap here, um, it, it like Flophouse is genuinely one of my favorite, favorite podcasts yeah, for sure. on the planet that yeah. I've been like mainlining uh, for the past few months. And to get to actually uh, record one and sort of like uh, uh, sit in for, for those guys is like – it, it, I I don't use this word loosely. It is it has been a genuine honor. Yeah. So I thank uh, you so much for for letting us do but that. But what I will say is, if we had to do this every two weeks and we had to watch a Leprechaun Origins style movie every two weeks, I would cut my head off and I would throw it in the ocean. Yeah, that's th- that's falling on our, our sword for him. I yeah, think. it was it was miserable. Oh fuck! Uh, happy Shocktober! I have been Griffin McElroy. I have been Travis McElroy. I have been Clint McElroy. You just stared at me like, what do I do now? Well, I didn't know the order. Fuck, dude. I said I'd go last, and you know your name. You just said fuck to your father. Uh, I am and will remain to be, for the foreseeable future, Justin McElroy. Thanks for watching, everyone. This is the show. No, it's a podcast. You listened. Fuck. Gotcha. <laughs> Maximumfun.org. Comedy and culture. Artist owned. Listener supported. Oh, hey there, everybody. I'm Guy Branham, and welcome to Pop Rocket, a new weekly show picking over the pop culture we all love to love. With me to talk TV, film, music, and anything else entertaining are journalist Margaret Wappler, academic, writer, and DJ Oliver Wang, digital strategist Winner Mitchell, and comedian Santina Muha. It's an intellectual and incredibly snark-filled discussion about pop culture by five cranky Hollywood 30-somethings. No name-calling, no rudeness, just straight talk and a lot of role-play. I'm only 30-something for another year. Me too. And I don't (laughs) tell anybody I'm 30-something. Pop Rocket comes out every week from MaximumFun.org.